Amen. Thank you, Pastor Michael, for that. I love how people react when he says amen. Amen. It's like, it's a video. But anyway, I, gotta, I had to say it. Sorry. I'm not here on Sundays. I'm here in the Spanish service. So, but that was awesome, by the way. That encourages me that we're going to be doing this together this morning. And I hope you go in this journey as we go into the Word of God. And I would like you to please go with me to uh, go with me uh, to 1 Samuel chapter 10. What was going on in that time was a time of transition. We're going to read from verse 1 to, through 7. There was a moment of transition. Things were changing uh, at all levels. All the structures were being moved, and people didn't know what to do. People didn't know how to respond. But I am glad to know that no matter what we're facing today, God still has a plan, and God is still in control. And it's about trust. And what happens here is a journey that takes them to, through different stages, as Saul will be a random person, just a guy who grew up, you know, with donkeys and, and just animals to become the king of Israel. And there's a journey of how do you prepare to become king? How do you prepare for such a task? And as I was going through, it's like, so where did he train? What, 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 what happened? And, and I love the training. And that, that, that's great. But where did he go to be prepared to be a king? And we'll read a little bit of his journey into becoming what God has called him to be. And it's uh, in verse 1, chapter 10 of 1 Samuel. It says, Then Samuel took the flask of oil and poured it on Saul's head, kissed him, and said, Has the Lord not anointed you as ruler over his inheritance? When you leave me today, then you will find two men close to Rachel's tomb in the territory of of Benjamin at Silsa, and they will say to you, the donkeys which you went to look for have been found. Now behold, your father has stopped talking about the donkeys and is anxious about you. Isn't that interesting? He was, he was more concerned about the donkeys than Saul himself. I found the donkeys, now I, I can look for you. But anyway, it says... Now behold, your father has stopped talking about the donkeys and is anxious about you, saying, What am I to do about my son? Then you will go on further from there, and you will come as far as the oak of Tabor. And there three men going up to God at Bethel will meet you, one carrying three young goats, another one carrying three loaves of bread, and another carrying a jug of wine. And they will greet you. And in another version said, they will ask about your well-being and give you two loaves of bread, which you will accept from their hand. Afterward, you will come to the hill of God, where the Philistine garrison is. And it shall be as soon as you have come there to the city 
that you will meet a group of prophets coming down, going up, now coming down, from the high place with harp, tambourine, flute, and lyre, in front of them, and they will be prophesying. Then the Spirit of the Lord, and I want to make an emphasis on these two verses. Then the Spirit of the Lord will rush upon you. How many are praying that this morning? That the Spirit of the Lord will rush upon us in a mighty way. And you will prophesy with them and be changed into a different man. And it shall be when these signs come to you, when these signs come to you, do for yourself what the occasion requires. And I love this. Because God is with you. Father God, we thank you this morning because of your word. Because it heals us, it encourages, Lord, and it sets the way for us to walk, Lord. Thank you because regarding of changes, of seasons, of times, and what starts and what ends, Lord, your word is eternal. Your plan, your love, it's still, Lord, here. And we trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I love this journey because as faith is something, it's not an idea that we express, but it's a journey that we cross. Faith is not something that you just believe in. Sometimes a concept, sometimes what you hear, it starts by hearing, but sometimes you have to walk it. The flip side of coming to an awesome church like this and having awesome pastor preaching and just having a great uh, staff preaching, it's great that you hear a good word. But you know what's the flip side of that? Then you have to walk it. It's not about just listening to good preaching. Instead, it's like, man, that was good. I liked it. And, you know, three points, and it encourages me. But when you leave... And I, I, I tell my, the Spanish church, I said, you know, out of this message, I only preach 50% of it. Because you preach the other 50%. As you walk, as you live. It's not the pastor said, no, 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 no. It's your part. We become the message. You're part of what God is doing. So faith is not an idea, it's just that we express a concept that we talk about, uh, philosophy. But it's actually a journey that we travel. You know, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, that we walk by faith and not by sight. You know, Jesus, through his ministry, three years, three and a half years, it's interesting that his, his ministry was about walking. At one point, he tells his disciples, hey, I want you to come and follow me, and I will transform you into fishers of men. He told them, walk with me, because in the walking, 
you will understand me. In the walking, you will get to know me. In the walking, you will be healed. In the walking, you will have revelation. In the walking with me and spending time with me, you will understand God's plan for humanity. It's in the walking, the miracle. And Jesus walked around, it is said, about over 3,000 miles in those three and a half years. Roughly the distance between New York City and L.A. And there's like quite a bit of walk. And so many miracles that we, read, that we get to read happen in between places. Happen as he was going somewhere. Happen in the road. Happen on the road. There was one time there two men were coming in Luke 24. And it says that they were on the road to Emmaus. And Jesus walked with them. There was a time where the disciples walk with Jesus. There are the time that Jesus walked with them. Things have changed. They were to walk with Jesus, but now Jesus was walking with them. And as they were going back to Emmaus, from Jerusalem to Emmaus, roughly about seven miles to walk with Jesus, and they were transformed. Most of you, I'm sure, traveled this morning more than, more, more than seven miles to be here. And we just take it for granted. Oh, there's traffic. Oh, especially if you're coming down 35. Oh, there's so much going on. Oh, this and that. And it was in between places where Jesus revealed himself. It was in the journey seven miles that made a difference in them. It's in the journey. And I know as a culture, we are so caught up in results. We want results. We want this as the result of that. And we, want, and we honor, you know, achievements. And we honor results at the end of the month. And we honor the, the, the final product of things. But in faith, we got to learn to celebrate the journey. We got to learn to appreciate the in-between places. Because I found that God will speak to me in those dark places, just on the road to places, just on the road to things. There's another moment where Jesus go, is going to Jairus' house to heal Jairus' daughter. And in between, he's at a pace. He's just walking. And he's going and people all around and he's walking, but going slow enough that a woman with an issue of blood comes and interrupts the journey of Jesus. And pretty much steals a miracle, rips a miracle out of Jesus. Jesus was walking. And in between places, a miracle hap happened. Are you ready to what God is trying to show you? Are you ready to what God is trying to tell you while you journey, while you travel in between places? Now, we have to understand that the journey will change you. We are all thinking about when things are going to change when God is going to show up and just clear the path and just, you know, fix things. And God is able and he will do 
But that's not his priority. His priority is how he changed us. It's how the journey ends up changing Saul. Saul started, and, and I, one of the things I love about this story is that Saul doesn't go through the process to be anointed. No, he's anointed to go through the process. See, here's the, here's the thing. You are anointed by God. You have to know this. Whether, whether the world has realized that, whether your neighbor has realized that or appreciates that, I'm here to tell you, God has anointed you for this time and for a reason. Now, here's the thing. He anoints you, but that doesn't mean that it makes you special, you know, Oh, I'm anointed, so I don't get to do that. I don't make a line because I'm anointed one now. No. You are anointed for a purpose. You are anointed to fulfill what God has called you to be, to become. So I love the fact that it starts with the anointing. When God calls you, when God sets you in a path, and whether you're like, Lord, I'm in between places, and it's frustrating sometimes because I've always said this, I, and, and, and I'm sorry for the, for the not so um, theologically correct comment I'm going to make, but I'm going to try to get some, some, some kind of a paper or, or, or something that I can ask God questions. I forget the questions probably, but I'm going to try to ask God some questions. And one of them is, I know you have plans. I wish I had more details. I wish I had more details. But I know that the more details I have, the more I feel in control. And not knowing all the details means he's in control. I only get to know what I'm supposed to know and then trust that he has the rest, that he has everything under control. This journey changed Saul. The anointing is the ability that set him in the path so he could be changed. Now, I want to talk to you about three places that this roadmap of faith took this young man that was just one, one guy working in the fields, one guy working with donkeys into becoming a king. It wasn't just like, oh, we're going to pick him and he's ready. No, there was a process. There was a time that he had to go and he had a, a faith that he had to journey. In the first place, it's Bethlehem. It doesn't necessarily say it's Bethlehem, but it makes a reference to something and somebody that died. And it says, you're going to go to this place, and you'll see the tomb of Rachel. And when we looked at the tomb of Rachel in Genesis 35, she was on the road. It says in that chapter that they were going with Jacob to Bethel. And Rachel was pregnant. It was another journey going. It was a process in this place of 
development into fruition. And in the, on the road, something happens. How many of you know that that's how life works sometimes? We have plans. We have goals. Sometimes I, um, I checked uh, what, what, what Facebook was saying on the memories this week. And this was the last normal week from last year. And I look at myself like, <laughs> only if you knew. <laughs> Poor guy. Only if you knew. A couple of days. Just wait a couple of days. <laughs> only if you knew. And in between places, things change. Life happens. And he, they were going to Bethel. And you have to understand that through the promises of God, they believe, because we talk a lot about what, you know, Abraham and uh, Jacob and Isaac was doing. But what was the place in that moment, in that context of the women that were bearing the children? They knew because they had spoken. I'm sure they had told what, Eve, what God had told Eve, that at one point, the Redeemer was going to come out of her. Out of a female, there's a Redeemer that she will be able to give birth. And they didn't know who. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's, maybe it's me, says Rachel. She knew she had a promise. She had heard what God had said to Jacob, what God had, had done with Isaac and with Abraham. She knew there was something cooking, something brewing in the dark places where we don't know how things are going to happen and we just don't know the details, but we know for sure that God is doing something. I'm sure Rachel had expectations. I'm sure Rachel had dreams. I'm sure Rachel had ideas. I'm sure Rachel, I don't know how they did it back then, but I'm sure she had prepared the, how she wanted to fix the room and she had plans and what was going to happen. Maybe, maybe I'm giving birth to the Savior maybe I'm giving birth to a promise but something happened along the way she was pregnant and in this dark city that we don't get to hear much about called Ephrata in she gives birth unexpectedly that was not the plan and I'm sure at some point it's like, you got to wait. This is, no, 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 we have to go to Bethel. It's not ready yet. But it was time. And in between places, on the road to, she gives birth. Back then, and it still is, giving birth is a traumatic experience. And at that moment, it was the number one reason of death for women giving birth, problems with childbirth. And as she is giving birth, she delivers a baby, and she decides to call the son according to how she feels. She says, you are Benoni, which means son of my sorrow. She said, she set her future according to how she felt at the moment. And I'm not, it's, I'm not making a small case for, for her. That, that moment killed her. 
And I'm not saying that she was blaming uh, the son, but the sorrow of, I'm not going to see you grow. I'm not going to be there when you say your first words. I'm not going to be able to nurture you. I'm not going to be able to feed you. I'm not going to be able to see God's promise in you. And she said, you are the son of my sorrow. But then Jacob jumps in. And I love that Jacob, even though he's losing his favorite wife, I always thought that was funny. <laughs> when we get to say, oh, yeah, that's his favorite wife. Even Jacob is losing his beloved wife. He says, I am not going to accept that current feelings determine the promise and the outcome of that promise. I am not going to let the current situation curse the future to come. And he says, it's not going to be Benoni. It's going to be Benjamin. And Benjamin means the son of my right hand, the son of authority, the son of blessing. And in between places, something died. Life just happened. Many, many, many years later, there'll be another pregnant woman going in a journey. And as she walked, I would imagine, coming from the north, that entrance was a significant place. The tomb was at the entrance of the city that you will remember, people will remember that that's where Rachel laid down. That's where her story ended. That's where things didn't work out. We don't know why. We don't have any answers. That's just the facts. But there's another young Jewish lady who's pregnant with promise too. And she comes to Bethlehem and delivers a baby. And that baby was the fulfillment of the past failure. Can you see that even Jesus being born represents that he will fulfill, he will finish the job even of our shortcomings, even of our things that just didn't work. Even when that marriage, nobody gets married thinking, oh, we're going to get divorced in five years. Nobody says, I'm going to start this business. I hope I don't, you know, I don't fail. But it's something happened along the way. And as human history knows, fell short. But Jesus came even to redeem the shortcomings of the unfinished business. Of things that could have happened, didn't happen. And Jesus came to seek and to save those who were lost, even those of us who have so many questions. That's why in this journey that we go through, in this season that we're going through, it is important to understand that the first place that Saul visited was a place of unfinished business, of things not settled, of things of great expectations that just didn't work out. 
And it was not because she had sinned. It was not because, I mean, that's, a lot of times judging by that category is easy. Oh, well, because she was making bad decisions, then, you know, this is what happened. But what if just life happening? What happens when things just break? People change. Situations change. The world's changing. And we can hold on and say, I had so many plans. But the key aspect is, are you getting stuck in what was lost? Or are you able to determine that there's a bigger picture? And I'll tell you, these times are difficult times. We need to pray for one another. We need to pray because everyone here has lost something, whether that be a loved one, whether that be a source of income, whether that be health, whether that be peace. We have all lost something. But Jesus came even to redeem those things that didn't work out, things that got unresolved. He came to fix he is the hope of glory. He is the hope that we have. And you know, I don't need to understand everything because I know he will take care of it. I don't need to know how the outcome of things will happen. I know I can trust in him. Jacob took Benoni, the son of the sorrow, and called him according to the promise. Don't let current states of mind. Don't let current state of feelings determine the future because there's still promise. Even if you see it, oh, but this is happening and the world is turning in that way and things are going for the worse. Wait a minute. There's still a promise that God is still in control. He has got plans and those plans are good for you and for me. Those plans are of great future, says the book of Jeremiah. Then the second place that he takes him. From the place of unfinished business, unresolved conflict of things that could have worked but didn't work. We all go through times like this. The second place, he says, is Bethel. There were some men that were carrying some elements of worship, a sacrifice. Bethel was also a place where Jacob had an encounter with God. The men were carrying elements of worship because worship, it's not just an event we attend. It's a journey we participate in. Worship celebrations are not just an event that it's not a concert that you get to experience. How amazing. And, and really, uh, we are blessed to have the talents that we have here in front and in the back. Every, everyone involved is so much talented. At the same time, it is not just for entertainment. The completion of worship, the, the worship experience, is when you engage. It's when we do it together. When, we, when you participate. Because what it means is we're 
traveling together. Where in this worship experience, it's not just an event that we attend. It's a journey that we participate and we celebrate together. Jacob in Genesis 28 was on the run again. He was hiding from his brother. And he's running into this dry place. And he was so tired. And the place was so bad that he found a rock. And he said, I can use it as a pillow. I don't know what would make somebody look at I can sleep on that. And sometimes we put, you know, the memory foam and all those things, and we still roll and had no sleep. Jacob, brother Jacob here, looking at a rock, used it as a pillow. He's so tired. The place was so dry. The place had no convenience. It was in the middle of nowhere. It was just the road in between places. And he goes to sleep. You know the story. God has an encounter with him. And he has a revelation of what I think worship is. There was a ladder. Because worship is what goes up, but what comes down too. There are angels going up and angels coming down. There's a communication between earth and heaven. And things are going up and things coming down. And he wakes up and he says, whoa, this is the house of God. This is Bethel. This, this, this has changed me. And what I love about that passage that Saul has to go through, the place of Bethel, another on the road, another place in between some two places, is that he had to learn to worship in ordinary places. Growing, it's not like, oh, I like that song, that's what I'm going to react to. Sometimes it's setting the tune yourself and say, the devil's not going to steal my joy today, therefore I'm going to worship Jesus this morning. Hey, but it's only Tuesday at 3 p.m. I don't care. I need to worship Jesus. Something needs to change in the environment in my workplace. The, thing, the kids are crazy. I need to worship God. So things will change in my environment, in my atmosphere. That's what worship is about. Thank God for sound and music. We love and we need it. But it's only a representation a natural representation of a spiritual truth that changes the atmosphere. And sometimes we complain about the atmospheres around us when God is calling you to visit those places and learn to worship at ordinary places, at dry places. But Pastor, but there's nothing. There's only one, one rock that looks like a pillow. Use that and learn to worship me in the middle of breakthrough, in the middle of things that are not working. Learn to worship me in dry places. As we go through this journey, as we grow, worship becomes our lifestyle. Worship becomes a weapon. Worship becomes 
something that God has given us so we can use it. Worship that comes from dry places. That's what happened with Jacob. I didn't know God can showed up and only have a rock as a pillow. I didn't know in the middle of the this. I didn't know in the middle of nowhere I can have an experience with the Almighty God. I didn't know that on a Tuesday at 9 a.m. I can have an experience with the Almighty God. I, can, I didn't know that in the middle of traffic, in the middle of things happening, I can set my mind and say, I will worship the Lord. I'm going to taste and see the goodness of God this week. I'm going to change the atmosphere of my workplace, of my family, whether they go crazy or not. That's another thing. I have decided that I'm going to worship even at dry places. It's about you setting the tone of the outcome. It's about you changing the atmosphere of what happens. So many of us are just reacting to things. Of something that happens, so we react to things. But that means that somebody's putting the tune for you. That's what it means. So when we dance, when we move, somebody, it's a reaction to somebody's tune. So your life is set to the tune of somebody. So when you're responding, when you're only responding whether good or bad to things, it means you're dancing, you're moving to the rhythm of somebody. But Jacob used a dry place to encounter God, it was not the circumstances that set the tone. It was the experience, the encounter with God that said, I didn't know that you could worship God in this way. I didn't know that transformation could come from a dry place. I didn't know that through my struggle, I can pray and I can worship him in the middle of my living room. I didn't know that my car can become an altar. I didn't know that my workplace can suddenly become blessed because I have decided to worship God. There's a journey that he had to go through. Then the third place. This is interesting. Because the journey, I hope, it changes you. And that's the difficult part. And if you, if it's just, just between you and me, and a lot of people online, <laughs> we live in frustrating times. Can we be honest? It's frustrating. Now, the most frustrating thing, I think, the lesson that we need to learn is how things need not to be changed but how us need to be changed. I think that's the biggest lesson. How the journey, because we used to say, oh, the year 2020, <laughs> we're in March 2021, and things still struggling. But what I'm saying is, we would have wasted all, you, all that you went through if at this point you hadn't learned. He hadn't been changed. So 
that's continually. I learned that my frustration is not people or things or rules or mandates or whatever. Is I don't want to change. I want things in a certain way. And I believe that the journey needs to change us. I don't know why God allowed 2020, 2021, of everything that's going on to happen. I don't know. We're all in the same boat. We have a lot of questions, not very many answers. All I can say is, you have to go through it. If you're alive today, if you're breathing today, God believed that you will go through it. He will give you the anointing to see through, to go through it, that you will be successful on the other side. But not just to be like, man, that was quite a journey. How that has changed my heart. The third place, it's past the enemy's camp. Because it says that the Philistine garrison was there. And we go first through the unfinished business. What are some of the things that leaves us stuck in the past? Unresolved issues, maybe from our childhood, maybe from past relationships, maybe from failures, maybe from things that happen, things that... Things, traumas, and experiences that we had no power over. Things that it, was, it, it wasn't my fault. It just happened. And those things are trying to keep you stuck. And those things are trying to keep you in the past. And sometimes we have to go through them, revisit, to cut ties, to be healed, to be redeemed. Then the second place is that place of confrontation, that place of encounter, that place that we learn to worship at the right places. And the third place, hmm, the enemy had set camp. And there was a community of prophets. I love the fact that when he was going to Bethel, Saul had to go up. And now there's a group of people coming down. Because that's what life is. There are some times where you go up, some times where you go down. When there's a straight line in that life monitor at the, at, at the hospital, it means there's no life. When it's go up, peaks up, peaks down, means life. And sometimes we don't like low places. But we have to celebrate high places and we have to learn at low places. That is the ability that Christ has given us to be more than conquerors. Now we don't, we're not going to go through stuff. That doesn't mean we're not going to struggle with things. It means that you'll be able to learn at low, at low points and you'll be able to celebrate at high places. And there is a group of prophets coming from down the hill, the hill of God. It's interesting that it was the hill of God, but there's a camp of the enemy. The garrison of the Philistine army was there and but there's this there's this group there's community of prophets that they were dancing and they were rejoicing in the middle of the enemy's camp and i'm sure at one point the philistines are like what are these guys doing 
Because they were expecting, you know, horses and shields and, and swords and, you know, arc and arrows. Not tambourines. Not a flute. Not a harp. But there's this community. They just didn't understand their weapons. They didn't understand what was going on. But there's a group, a community of prophets rejoicing and prophesying and declaring a new reality. And there was this Saul that joined them. And this is the thing. Faith, sometimes we think, is a journey that we, we travel by ourselves. It is a community journey. Because Saul, getting along with that community, started prophesying even when he was not a prophet. He was called a king. But he started prophesying. His language had changed. He, the way he saw things had changed. They were not waiting for things to change so they could worship. They were changing things as they worshiped. They were not expecting things to change. Oh, I'm going to worship now. No, I'm going to worship because that's going to be changing things. I know things are going to change as I decide to worship. The journey will teach you to celebrate in the face of the enemy and his garrison. That's why I believe the psalmist in Psalm 23, 5 says, You, O Lord, prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. It means that I'm going to have to learn to celebrate in the presence of sickness. I'm going to have to learn to feast from the table of the Lord before the world understands that they have been defeated. Before, the, before they get their facts right, I'm going to worship God because he's already said a table before me. Can you this morning have the faith to know that you can celebrate God not until you get healed, but in the face of your sickness. And, the, and, and while everyone says you will get divorced, you will lose that son, things are going to happen, you will lose the house, things are not going to be the same. But you decide to celebrate because God has set a table before you in the face of that enemy. You don't have to wait you can celebrate God's victory, God's power for you. Because when all, thing, all these things happen, as, as you journey into these three places, the Spirit of the Lord will rush upon you. You will speak not according to the current affairs, not, not uh, an explanation of what's happening, but a declaration of what is to come from God. 
Not, a, not, not an explanation of the situation going on right now. We have plenty of that. But it is, they were prophesying. And that's what said, when these signs happen, you will be changed. The Spirit of the Lord will rush upon you. You will prophesy, and I will give you a new heart. Oh, so I thought God was changing Israel, but God was changing the king first in his heart. Before things change, God wants to change you. And as you worship, as you journey, as you travel, things are going to start changing because this is what it says at the end. The promise is whatever you get to do, whatever's at your hand, you do it because God says, I will be there with you. The journey of faith is knowing you are anointed, visiting some unfinished business and saying, Lord, I know you will redeem this situation. I don't understand. I don't know what happened, but I'm going to trust in you, and I will not be offended. I'm going to forgive and ask for forgiveness and move on. Lord, I don't know what, why this happened, but I will trust in you. You will learn to worship at dry places. You will learn to worship where things are not working out. And then you will learn to celebrate in the face of the enemy. You will go past the enemy's camp, the enemy's garrison, and then you will come with a different set of weapons because you, your worship, your melody is a weapon. Your singing, your participating in worship is a weapon that you get to use in Jesus' name. I want you to close your eyes. Lord, we want to thank you for what you're doing. Even when we have so many questions, even when we may have disagreements with one another, even when we have ideas and concepts and reasons, we don't know, Lord. But we want to trust you, Lord, that you are a way maker. That's where I'm holding on to. That I'm going to walk through this week, through the years to come, because you have anointed me. You have anointed each one of us that are here and are watching online. There will be no doubt in you that you are anointed. No matter what you're facing, you are anointed. Even before you started the journey, even before you started traveling, you were anointed already. The anointing is what brought you here this morning. The anointing is what gave you the strength to defeat all the obstacles. The anointing was the one who said, I'm going to give you the strength to forgive that person. The anointing was the one who gave you the strength to get up and walk this morning so you can have an encounter with God because you're learning to travel. You're going through stations 
And the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of the most high, I pray that will rush upon you this morning. That this week you will get visited by the Spirit of God. That you have dreams and visions and your mind will not be set on the things that didn't work and the things that died and the things that just unresolved business. But the Spirit of the God will raise you with dreams, with new ideas to set your mind for the time to come. We need your dreams. We need your ideas. We need your strength. We need what God has anointed you for. We need it. And in Jesus' name, that I pray, Lord, that my brothers and sisters will not just speak what's going on, but will come from the high place, from a higher ground, from a higher perspective, and speak what the Holy, that the Holy Spirit is saying and declare on this earth what is being declared in heaven. As it is in heaven, it is in earth. That our language is going to change. We will speak blessing when there is sickness. We will speak healing and deliverance in Jesus' name. And we will know that God is with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.